Hello, welcome to another episode of the Immediately Know podcast. I am your host, Mariela Morales, and today I will be discussing on how to successfully fail in the media industry. Today's podcast is sponsored by my drive and desperate need to thrive in this industry, especially since I wasn't the first one to declare my love for corn on national television or even told my mom about the terrible sandwich, by the way, that she made me that one day for school as she videotaped me so I could go viral. It's like I just told her in secret for free. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My mom cooks so well, I promise. Hi, mom. <laughs> but to begin with, the internet is a scam, okay? But God, do we love a good scam. And I know we've all looked at our jobs at one point and said, wow, what a piece of shit. But I need the money, okay? Uh, and like we say that as we're scrolling down our social media and seeing Kids like Stephanie, age 12, making over $12,000 a week by dancing to Cardi B's PG version of WAP while her mom is out here recording her like it's a Mean Girls reunion. And we all want to know how in the heavens do people make it as an influencer? How do you manage to do something that will go viral and how dumb do others look when they're trying to copy that same thing the person did that made them famous? Like... Come on, guys. We need a fresh meme, not a bunch of Walmart versions of it, okay? Um, and yes, we did see that one kid that went viral for the um, Charlie Bet My Finger video. Or do you all remember back in the day how we all sat around watching videos of an orange that said absolutely dumb things while talking like Adam Sandler and we all thought it was the most brilliant thing ever? Was it just me? Okay. What I'm trying to get to is how we only see these scenarios from the viewer's perspective. Like one thing is going viral, which it's a very slim chance sometimes due to the refresh rates and algorithms in our social media apps now. But the hardest thing is staying relevant after. I'm, I'm going to be super real with you guys right now. Like this is me raw and real. My current job sucks balls respectfully like it's not fun hours are dumb and customer service is the most soul-consuming life-sucking ass-kissing industry ever and yes i see you nodding your head with me being like ah she right people do need to calm down like think of others like how their day but bitch when you're a customer and you're mad you forget that the person on the other side of the phone is getting paid the most minimal it has to deal with people with a stick up their ass for eight hours a day don't come at me with the hypocritical shit but i'd be lying if i if i said that i've never been an angry customer and to all of those that have been personally victimized by me my most sincere apologies i mean to all of you except for that one mcdonald's employee back in 2004 when I told them that I wanted a Dalmatian toy instead of the Rottweiler for my Happy Meal so I could complete my collection, and they told me that's all they had. I know it in my heart that you had a Dalmatian left in that dirty little box that you all keep the toys in, and my seven-year-old self will never let you leave that down, okay? But back to the topic. I have successfully failed and continue to fail in this industry, but I love it. Because the more I fail, the more I learn how to make my way through. The more tricks and tips I learn from others who have made it. And I just find it so inspiring. 
like this might be me now talking about my failures but maybe in the future I will look back at this podcast and be like wow <laughs> I still haven't made it <laughs> however the greatest and most important thing to remember about failure is that eventually you won't fail anymore And maybe I'll end up a meme like Brittany Broski um, did when she became the kombucha girl. Um, not too sure if you guys watch a video of hers. Like she's literally trying this kombucha and like she liked it and then not liked it. And that became like a whole ass meme. Anyways, uh, she's now interviewing Harry Styles at premieres, being a hype girl at his concerts. She's interviewing people for TikTok. Like she's just doing like the greatest things ever. All because of like that one video, you know, like have faith and like it just pushes me like I just gotta keep making these videos and podcasts until one of you talented, talented people grab a little section and make me a great meme and that day I will frame it and put it on my wall. I'd be lying if I said I haven't tried it all. I will start with TikTok, okay? What in the vine copying us bitch is that app? I swear at one point I had a vine that had over 2,000 views and I thought, this is it. This is going to be my big break. I'm going to be as big as Princess Lauren, Lele Pons, or even King Bat, where back in the day, you know, if you know, you know. Um, and then the app was deleted by the creators and we were left with this nasty thing called Musical.ly, right? How vintage. <laughs> to those who don't know, back in the day, TikTok was called Musical.ly. Um, and it's this app where people used to make the most cringe videos I have ever witnessed. Like, we would see some old-ass people. And I'm not talking old, like, 40s and 50s. Like, that's young. I'm talking, like, 80s, okay? And they will be, like, grabbing and flipping, flipping their cameras to You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift as if... It was like Spongebob flipping parties on the busiest night at the Crossy Crab. But thankfully, that app was never as big. It was kind of like Tumblr at the end when people discovered Twitter and then you would see pages being like, oh, we'll continue blog on my new Twitter at Uniporn and Rainbows 69. And yes, you know what I mean. Tumblr was full of the nastiest people I've ever met. If you went to a general page... 60% of Tumblr was porn, 30% was fun art, and 10% were students' assignments that kids just needed to present to a class because their English teachers, they thought they were staying relevant with the kids. But once TikTok came out, and oh wow, the ones cringe turned out to be one of the most addicting apps that I have come across. And to the point that some days I honestly will rope up loop around those um whoa stop there you miss scrolling for way too long maybe get some water and food and come back like you know those videos yeah maybe in the burger that i am i use <laughs> i will keep scrolling but what i'm getting at is that what we see on these apps the very nice and elaborate cooking videos crafts dance videos singing videos and even the voiceovers were People act like they're Jack Black in School of Rock. That's a longer script that people are willingly learning and acting out while having their parents film them in front of a mirror. So you can get the like both the kids acting and the horrified parent reaction 
which to me is like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, and I get it. Okay, yes, Mariela, cool beans. Where is this going? I'm trying to explain that while videos look effortless, they take several minutes to hours to even days. Like you need to learn the script, choreograph the dance, learn the song, perform it, and then edit. And when I tell you editing, it's the longest process ever. Which takes me to my next point, which is YouTube. I was so excited to start my YouTube channel. I was like, yes, this is me today. And eventually Scooter Brown will find me singing with you by Chris Brown. And I will be the next Brown Justin Bieber. But one, I have never posted a singing video online. <laughs> Not for lack of talent. Uh, but because kids are mean as hell, man. Like, I could have the most beautiful voice in the internet. But they will still find something to bully me for. Like, look at Lisa, for example. She is a gorgeous, gorgeous woman with the most beautiful personality and voice. And people bully her for her weight. Like, y'all can say shit. You can be a 10, but if you're fat phobic, you're an automatic zero, okay? And also, YouTube is a very weird place. Like, you can go from finding home renovations to history lessons to kids playing Minecraft online until you end up watching the top 10 golden buzzers in America's Got Talent at 3 in the morning with a bowl of cheese balls and a box of tissues. And we've all been there, okay? So I tried posting my first YouTube video and it was nerve-wracking. I don't even remember what it was. I took it down so long ago before posting the ones that you do see now on my page. And when I tell you the editing process for an average engaging video of at least mm, 5 to 10 minutes of YouTube can take from 24 hours to like 5 to 6 business, business days. Uh, it really depends on the theme of the video. Like a cooking video might take less as it is obviously like a sequence video because you're following a recipe. Uh, but a traveling video can take so much longer. Do you know how long it takes to go through 40 videos of approximately 10 minutes each from a week-long vacation, take them all together to somehow create a narrative from a trip on which you were intoxicated for 60% of the time? Like, hello? You spend more time looking at them being like... Oh my god, we went there too? That's so cool! As if you weren't there behind the camera talking to the bartender on the side, asking them for another margarita before going to the expedition in which you're planning to base your blog on. Um, and I honestly needed to take a minute to recover from my YouTube days. I like It was feeling like a job rather than something that I loved doing, and that's when I lost my spark for it. I just wasn't enjoying it any, anymore and I had to finish my university degree that took me absolutely no, nowhere so far. Um, and now I'm writing scripts for a podcast that only six of my friends listen to, which two of them are my parents and the other two are my siblings. <laughs> but honestly, I found something that I'm really passionate for and I, I think I found my spark again. Uh, maybe it was right media platform, wrong time. Or maybe it was going to therapy for a year and a half after COVID and I just finally got over my COVID-induced depression and I'm finally back to being my bubbly, motivated self. And after doing some proper research 
I am here to share some of my findings. And I say some because I started with the research and then fell into the rabbit hole of YouTube again and ended up watching five reasons why NSYNC fell apart. But do you know that most YouTubers have a YouTube, like a huge like YouTube team behind them? Like they might record silly vlogs in their homes uh, or in their cars with their friends or even do experiments and whatnot. But they don't edit their videos. Like, they don't need to go through the tedious jobs of sorting every clip, deeming what will make it and whatnot, begin the perfect song for the background, which, honestly, sometimes the song can just, like, set the mood for the video, right? So that does take, like, quite a while. And, like, they don't have to get distracted by the footage, spending hours editing, doing the design for the thumbnail, doing their own marketing for their videos, for the social medias creating engaging short clips um, of the video so others can, like, you know, you get a sneak peek and you're like, okay, that's kind of funny. So people actually become interested in watching the whole 20-minute videos. And yes, I'm talking about people like Mr. Beast, which is literally everywhere I look, I see a video of his, TV uh, Dobrik or Charlie D, whatever her name is. Um, and why wouldn't they? Like, that allows them to create more, better quality content without burning out, which allows more views and more revenue to pay for their team and their multi-million dollar homes. And, like, now that I think about it, I did have one friend who worked for a content house in Mexico last year, and wow, did he have the time of his life. Like, we sometimes forget how celebrities and influencers are common people like us. They just live better lives and don't usually have to eat the leftovers every week <laughs> and you know so after me failing from making it on tiktok as i never learned the renegade dance and youtube because i never really played any video games online um also twitter because i never got five seconds of summer to follow me on any of my fan accounts i have decided to give spotify a shot while still publishing my actor self recording this podcast on YouTube because I have not heard one person yet say, oh my god, this podcast went viral. And then they show me and it's just the audio and the picture of the logo of the podcast. Um, and honestly, while I do love failing, and I truly do because I give my family zero expectations for my success, which really takes a load off my back and just puts it on my younger sisters, um, I cannot wait for that day to come when I am having my own professional production of the Immediately No podcast, uh, perhaps in a nice set uh, somewhere in LA or New York City or just any other project that I will send my mind to. And I will because I have never been a person to give up <laughs> to delay and be late to events. Yes, but to give up on a dream, never. And while I do truly enjoy rambling about my trauma and safari adventures through the social medias of the 20th and the 21st century, I will be ending this podcast with a message. While there is 7 billion people in this world, there is only one you. Be kind to yourself, pay yourself a compliment, and remember to do one thing today that will bring you closer to your dreams coming true. Love you all so hard. I'll hear you in the next episode. Bye-bye.